Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling, tingling, tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Seven little superheroes, their spider senses all tingling. <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we are talking about what I think is a really fun episode today, at least in its concept, and I think in its execution. Um, In concept. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. But we're talking about Spider-Man and his amazing friends, so I'm not sure that anything is perfect. It's true. It's a... (laughs) It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a unique and unique and distinct curve for Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, we haven't talked about Spider-Man and his amazing friends in quite some time. I was actually kind of excited to get back to it. It's weird getting back in the headspace talking about Amazing Friends because it's a very different show than the types of things that we typically cover in like large chunks, which involve a lot of like themes and long term storytelling and stuff like that. And Amazing Friends, for the most part, just tends to be like fun superhero stuff. So it was like weird not searching for themes and whatnot. (laughs) I know. Yeah, you kind of have to turn... You have to turn that side of your brain down a little bit. But it was nice. I think yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was kind of nice. I, I had think fun. so too. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how much of that is context because we are recording this in the later end of March. Uh, so <laughs> anything that sort of feels like a reprieve is nice. And I think this this felt like kind of a reprieve for me at least. I think so. Yeah. Well, here's my experience with this episode. I <laughs> Yeah. Give me the summary. Didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't really sleep much at all through this week because the world is a nightmare right now true, and true, true. then turn this episode on last night in preparation for recording after a very long not great day thinking like this will be my nice little like reprieve <laughs> and like fun thing to just like chill out and watch this like fun dumb show yeah <laughs> i it uh it did one good thing which was put me to sleep um <laughs> very early into it and i for the first time in like seven days actually like slept through the night so Damn. thanks spider-man and his amazing friends i guess for that <laughs> i think it's a little bit telling for the pace of this episode too well yeah but it's fine that it's fine it's fine i think one thing that's telling for the pace of these episodes is that when i was going back to see if we could pull any fun faces for these episodes i watched them both at three times speed and didn't miss anything (laughs) so if you can watch a minute of this show in 20 seconds uh yeah the pace is not 
not exactly rapid and definitely different than the things that we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely interesting getting back in the headspace of this show, but it'll be fun to talk about because uh, this is a weird episode in, in very, many ways. Very weird. And also not not weird enough in some places too, so... Yes, yes. It it tries to do a lot. I, I like the idea of it a lot. And I think it, it, it would be a really fun type of episode, I think, to do in a contemporary way. Yeah. It's just no longer contemporary. So it feels a little off. But uh, the episode that we're talking about is Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Season 1, Episode 6. Strange note on Disney Plus, this is listed as Episode 5. There's an episode missing and I believe it's, uh, which one is it? It's um, the Crime of All Centuries episode, the one with Craven and the right. dinosaurs. That's right. They bump it later in the in their list, and I don't know why, because literally everywhere else I've ever seen, that episode was like produced and aired as the second episode. So I don't know why Disney Plus has that randomly out of order. But they also have all episodes grouped into one season, too, so yeah. eh, whatever. And that's how we're watching it, so it's just worth noting. Since we're calling this episode six, it is, in fact, episode six. It just shows up earlier on Disney+, Plus. so a little yes. weird, but uh, doable. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just look for the title. It's uh, Seven Little Superheroes, which, if you are familiar with, I guess, Agatha Christie, if you yes. had to read, and then there were none like I did in high school, uh, you get the reference right off the bat. If you don't, here's the synopsis per IMDb. A mysterious stranger invites the spider friends and unknown to them, Submariner, Shauna the She-Devil, Captain America, and Doctor Strange to a weekend at Wolf Island. Shauna the She-Devil is not referred to as Shauna the She-Devil in this episode. <laughs> no, uh, there are a couple characters who have a few to a handful of different nicknames or subtitles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's one of them. Uh-huh. The original air date for this episode was October 17th, 1981. It was written by Doug Booth, who we have talked about before, um, but not from this show. He actually went on to write on Spider-Man the Animated Series. So we talked about him on his first episode of that show, which was the Battle of the Insidious Six episode, our episode 22. But when we did talk about him, he does have a Mondo, like Mondo Mondo credits list of tons and tons of cartoons. And I don't think this is the only episode of this show either. We've talked about this originally when we first started Amazing Friends, but since it's been a while, just as a refresher, technically kind of like the 90s show, there's just kind of one supervising director that's kind of listed for every single episode, and that's Don Urwich. We talked about him on episode eight, which is our Triumph of the Green Goblin episode. Um, And just as another fun fact, I think we also mentioned this before, but Bob Richardson, the supervising director of the 90s show, was on the art direction of this show as well. I keep forgetting that this show happened only 15 years before the one that we have talked about the most. Because <laughs> it feels so alien. It feels so, yeah. Aged. Yeah. It feels super duper aged in a way that, right. I mean, the 90s show certainly shows its age, but this feels like decades older than it is for some it reason. Does. And I, part of that is probably just me not having, I guess, been alive to have like the proper points of reference. Like, firsthand but it just feels so much older than it than it is i think a big part of it is because the 90s show in addition to you know the animation and art and and everything i think the storytelling that it has on that show is is so modern Mm -hmm. it was inventive in a way that like shows still are now like i don't feel like the way that storytelling is has changed that radically from how the 90s show's storytelling was compared to 
how radically things changed between 1981 and 1994, you know? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I frequently forget that, like, the first couple years of a decade are usually not indicative of, like, the decade's reputation. So 1981 isn't going to feel like what I think the 80s are. It's going to feel more like what I think the 70s are. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well, this episode introduces one major character for the episode, but then a bunch of other characters that are, well, we already mentioned them, that are also there. The The big major character is Chameleon. Cool design, I think, for the Chameleon. Uh, yeah, in I this think so one. too. Uh, and he's portrayed by Hans Conried. He appears in like a metric butt ton of live action films from the late 30s through the 50s and beyond that. But through the 50s until he landed the role of Captain Hook in Disney's Peter Pan, which I have to imagine is probably the widest spread type of thing that people might recognize him from. He's in a ton of movies, but because they're all pretty old movies, I didn't recognize a lot of them and didn't recognize him from them. Uh, so sorry, Hans, your resume is impressive. I just don't know it. <laughs> We're just not cultured enough. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he continued mostly to perform on screen in TV and movies, but he did do some other voice work here and there. Um, he's the narrator and the main character voice actor for a few Dr. Seuss animated adaptations that I definitely watched, uh, including Horton in Horton Hears a Who. So he narrates that and is the voice of Horton. He is the Zaxes in the Dr. Seuss on the Loose compilation of cartoons. That's like the North End Zax and the South End Zax, I think is what they're called. And he is the Grinch in a Halloween cartoon Excuse called me? Halloween is Grinch Night, which I have definitely never seen and hadn't heard of. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if like the Grinch realizes like maybe that's a more appropriate holo- like holiday for him to enjoy. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not really sure what that is. I didn't look too far into it. But here's the thing that sounds more fun than Halloween is Grinch Night. He voices a character called Dr. Dredd, who's the main antagonist in 1980's Drac Pack, which is an animated show where Dracula's nephew heads a trio of monster superheroes. Oh, hello. Yeah. It only lasted like maybe 15, 16 episodes, but that sounds fun. I'm all about that. Uh Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. So the other characters that end up introduced in this, uh, we see to varying degrees and screen time. Uh, Captain America is one that we mentioned. He's portrayed by George DiCenzo, who voices like a bajillion characters over pretty much all the episodes of 1985's She-Ra, Princess of Power, which is nearly 100 episodes. I think that's probably one of his bigger credits. Uh, Doctor Strange appears in this episode, and he's portrayed by John Stevenson, who I believe we had to have at least mentioned as the voice of Charles Xavier in Pride of the X-Men, which we discussed in our After Dark commentary number seven. Shauna the She-Devil, or what do they call her? Queen of the Jungle? Jungle Queen. Jungle Queen. Yeah. Is portrayed by Janet Waldo, who's a huge deal, and perhaps most famously known as Judy Jetson and Josie of Josie and the Pussycats. Whoa. Uh, But certainly, like, other stuff that was a big deal. And I just learned how to pronounce this name today. I was this many years old when (laughs) I learned how to say this because I could not care less about this character. (laughs) Namor the Submariner, portrayed by William Woodson, who... Interestingly, voices J. Jonah Jameson more prominently in Spider-Man, the 1981 series, but I believe appears in this series as well as Hmm. J. Jonah Jameson at least once. Oh, I could see that. So how did you think that Namor's name was pronounced? Or did you just like never think about it? In my head, I just, whenever I saw it, I just thought it was like Namor. Really? Um, Interesting. Yeah. I I didn't realize that I'd never heard it said aloud until I heard it aloud watching the show. And I was like, 
Namor? Is that is that real? <laughs> like, and I had to look oh, it up. Wow, that's so funny. I don't yeah. know where I how I know that I knew it already. I think I think they said his name. Yeah, because he's not in like any cartoons ever that were out when we were growing up. No, so absolutely I, not. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I think the old, I think I I think I learned it from the Spider-Man game that came out in 2000 because okay. he's like um, he doesn't actually do anything, but he's a character model that appears in the background. If you have like the cheat code to turn in what ah. if mode, which makes everything kind of silly and throws in like extra references. And okay. so because he had a character model, he has a character bio that Stan Lee like ne'er hates. Oh, yeah. That's so. Cool. Yeah, I, I don't see why I would have ever known who he was outside of that because I didn't watch anything that he would have appeared in if he appeared in anything. Yeah, well, it's funny. Um, his his like very obvious sort of DC parallel is Aquaman, but like I knew Aquaman. Aquaman was all over the place. I mean, even if I didn't watch anything with Aquaman, I somehow knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He appears in, I think, far more than Namor does. The most I think I ever really heard of Namor and the thing that I think I will probably read first that, in, that includes Namor is I, I'm pretty sure he, within the past decade, had like some pretty significant clashing with Wakanda in the comics. I think he, oh, he's yeah. kind of a huge dick and like maybe declares war on the entire nation of Wakanda or something. I don't know. I don't really it know the details. About right. It sounds about right based on what I, the little yeah. I know of him honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so I never really paid attention to him. Knowing that sort of intrigued me. Watching the way he's portrayed in this intrigues me more because it seems like he just sort of sucks and I kind of dig that. <laughs> he's such a dick. He's such a dick. And Enormous. And I, I really love it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that this was a character I could have enjoyed because I just thought he was sort of... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. I just was never intrigued. He has, in this at least, and I, I imagine, it, it, again, the little I know of him from from like the comics and stuff, I feel like he has this, he exudes the same energy as like the mean girl in like teen stuff. Yeah. Where it's sort of like, God, you're such a bitch, but I fucking love you so much. <laughs> like, hashtag girl boss. I stand a queen. I wish I had like... I wish I had the lack of tact that you do. Like, I feel like he is like the exact same vibe as that. Sure. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And if that's the case, then I think he could be uh, a character I'm very fond of. I just need to figure out the right stuff to see him in, I think. Although what's funny is this show, being an older show, tends to be like pretty cotton candy and popcorn about things. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And he's still a dick in the show. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like maybe it maybe maybe I don't need to start anywhere strategic. Maybe he's just always an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I know that there's a comics panel that I like where he's just like making out with some like alien like fish looking thing. Oh shit, Namor, what's up? Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh I don't know if he's like canonically like pansexual or whatever. Like I don't I'm sure they don't classify it like that, but I feel like you could read him as that. Sure. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> like he just like All doesn't right. give a shit. It's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll I'll I fuck it. That. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's like one of those characters that I feel like I I might not be able to like identify with personally, but like would appreciate based on that, right? Where it's like, you do you, even though I you know, like do the yeah. things that I'm not interested in so I can enjoy from afar. Like, <laughs> just yeah. like, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, it's so funny. Like this, and, and I've seen like plenty of sort of like cheesecake art of him because he just only ever wears briefs. Right. So like, and he just seems to not give a fuck whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure if he didn't have to wear clothing, he just wouldn't wear clothing. And I can appreciate that, you know, yeah. like, yeah. so I, I think there's it. a lot about him that I would love as a character. I just didn't know it until very recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, stay tuned into to for our Doug and Derek's uh, Namor spinoff podcast. Where we just <laughs> exactly. Talk about Namor. Uh huh. Just all Namor all the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, there's not much more to talk about as far as like behind the scenes or production stuff. So I suppose we could just dive into the seven little superheroes of it all. <laughs> dive in like Namor dives into water. <laughs> and flies? I, I was wondering about that too. That's comics accurate. Apparently he flies with the little wings on his feet. What? Okay. Yep. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I don't know what else there is to talk about. I had no idea he could fly <laughs> and I don't know why he would fly. I questioned that too, but yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Maybe it was just like. Hey, your Aquaman guy swims real good. So does Namor. But guess what? Namor fucking flies. Like, I have no idea where it came from or why it exists. You know. But that's how little I know about Namor. So, this episode (laughs) opens on a dark and stormy night in Chameleon's castle, where Chameleon explains his whole plan ahead of time. There's no mystery as to what the plan is, because this whole episode is based on a mystery book. Um, So he explains that he plans to use his power of disguise and deception to destroy seven superheroes of which there seems to be no theme whatsoever. So one of them is Namor the Submariner, which we've mentioned. Also, I didn't look up whether it's Submariner or Submariner, but I think they were saying Submariner, right? It's definitely Submariner, yeah. Shauna the She-Devil or Shauna the Jungle Queen, Captain America and Doctor Strange, which are for some reason paired together, and the Super Friends, who we are quite familiar with. Uh, Spider Friends. Spider- God damn it. I'm going to do that so many times. And I'm leaving that in. That's fine. I think it's I typed fine. it Spider Friends every time, too. I was, like, so yeah. intentional to, like, get it's that gonna right. It's going to happen. I know. There's no – I'm surprised, honestly, that I caught it because nor- <laughs> the last few times that we've done Amazing Friends, I have not caught it when you said it. And I'm definitely going to say it, too. Yes, yes. The Spider Friends. Friends of the Spider, one might say. So – The chameleon alludes to the fact that he has some sort of, like, deep history with all of these characters. Sure, with the others, we've never seen him interact with the spider friends. So, all right, chameleon, cool. Whatever, yeah. You hate all these people, and we don't know why, but that's fine. (laughs) He, and I know that this goes without saying, especially on this show, but, like, even for how over the top most of the villains are in this show... He's over the top. Oh <laughs> like, yes, it's it's a he's a lot. He's uh he's very theatrical. Oh yes, yeah. It's such a weird chameleon because the one that we're used to, because we've only seen a couple, mm-hmm. is very quiet and espionage sort of sneaky. Uh, and this one is not at all that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I felt I keep feeling like he's like kind of like Doctor Doom with shape shifting powers. Like yes. Yeah. It's, this uh, is like if Chameleon were like on stage instead of behind the stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's a he's a big old ham sandwich. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Extra ham. <laughs> Back in oh god, this is great. Back in New York City, Spider Man finds an invitation just waiting for him. <laughs> like it's just like hanging under the on, uh, on the lip of a city building that he just happened to land on, which he implies like. I guess he, he implies that, like, this is just a normal route that he takes because he's even like, wow, someone must really know my patterns to have known to, like, leave an invitation here for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We also cut to, they don't show how, where these were placed, but Firestar and Iceman also apparently received the same invitation. I guess it was just floating in the sky for them because they're flying. I I, I, I suppose so. I don't know. Just on balloons. 
<laughs> balloons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I could have seen that. Yeah. They all read their notes aloud. It's addressed to them, and the note says, you are cordially... Well, this is what they say it says, I should say. <laughs> what they read is, you are cordially invited to Wolf Island Mansion for a most unusual get-together. Now, <laughs> what we see on screen... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I thank thank you for uh for for transcribing what this letter says cuz I wasn't going to take the time to do that. Well, I wanted <laughs> so here's the here's the only reason I saw that it was fucked up is I wanted to make sure I got the invitation wording correctly. So I was like, "Oh man, they didn't show that very quickly, but if I could just like pause it, I don't need to like play it over and over to get the wording right. I'll just get it directly from the invite." Oh no, 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 no. This invite is messy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it reads, your, without the apostrophe, which, fine, not a yeah, big whatever. deal, your cordially united <laughs> to a party at mm, <laughs> heavy mm, deer from. There's so many ends on this, on this invitation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he yeah. was typing on a computer and the key got stuck. <laughs> yeah, it's literally N N N I N H V I E I N N N N M M. Dear from, dear from. <laughs> oh, chameleon, get it together. Yep, I love it. I love it. Well, the spider friends do translate this letter. <laughs> they speak chameleon. Luckily, they, sp- they speak chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. They. They're they're excited about this uh this cool invitation to Wolf Island, I guess. A party, cool. <laughs> a house party at a, at Wolf Island. Uh-huh. Like, okay, guys, sure. So here's the thing: they're they're reading this while they're like flying slash like web sling slash ice sliding and like nearly crash into each other. Like, I think Iceman even, like, freezes Spidey for a second or something. Which means he would have had to, like, run Spider-Man over, right? Yeah, right. He could just, like, hit and run Spider-Man on his ice gliding path. Yeah, it's uh, it's really reckless. And here's <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing, because right, this, and this is why I was sort of like, wait, is this episode going to have, like, a theme to it? Because right after this, Chameleon is, is also, like, sharing his plan outwardly to the audience, because he wants to. By saying that, like, he's going to use his chameleon powers to ruin the Spider-Man's friendship in order to ruin their lives. Okay, cool. Because the thing is, we just saw the Spider-Friends, like, kind of getting into an argument. And Spider-Man even, like, says to Iceman, he's like, well, if you were at my friend. Mm-hmm. Jokingly, but it's sort of like, oh, wait, is the theme of this episode going to be, like, how they have to actually, like, come together as friends because their friendship is, like, really fragile. And, like, we've always seen them constantly insulting each other and, like, they're barely friends to begin with. Doesn't go in that direction. <laughs> no. So can't forget what we're watching. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's not really that hard to sow the seeds of disarray in this group because they're already they already kind of dislike each other most of the so time. So true. So true. They're already making fun of each other constantly. So yeah. it would have been pretty easy, Chameleon. You had a pretty good plan there. Right. And here's my other question, too. He calls out he has a very special end for the special spider friends. Seeing the whole episode, I don't know what the special <laughs> end was going to be for them. No, this episode, I, I know this, we're barely into it, but this episode is full, full of setups that never pay off. Yeah. And it it really boils down to 
And the thing you really have to focus on is whoever wrote this episode or whoever's idea this was to begin with, whoever pitched this was like, what if we did and then there were none with superheroes? And that's the only thing that they almost fully deliver on because they don't even nail that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really, like, I don't expect much from this show. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I know, like, the quality of the writing was, but, like, commit to your concept. You had two really good <laughs> concepts. You could have done a fun, like, murder mystery type thing with superheroes disappearing. And slash or you could have done the spider friends. Like, friendship is breaking up and they have to learn to be friends again. Both of those could be very simple stories that I feel like the show could have pulled off. And it's such a bummer that, like, it just botches both of them, like, right from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say this. If you decide to watch this episode, well, I guess if you're already listening to us recap this episode, I hope that you've already watched this episode eh. and and don't watch it again. Just watch it one time. This is the type of episode that completely fell apart Like once I started thinking about it. The first time I watched it, because I always just watch each episode just like all the way through one time. Don't pause it. Don't think about it. Just like yeah. put it on. That's when I enjoyed this episode. Then when I had to start thinking about it and, like, tracking the events of it, then I was like, this episode is a hot fucking mess. Yeah. (laughs) And I can't wait to get into the messiness of it because there are points where I was like, what the actual shit just happened? I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, this is the kind of episode where if you didn't watch it and you're just listening to this podcast, which I listen to plenty of podcasts about shows and movies that I don't watch just because I like the people who are talking and I hope you like us. But Mm, I honestly think that this is a fine one to not watch and just listen to us walk through it because it's not going to make any goddamn sense either way anyway. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I think it's still – I still think it's like like a fun – concept i guess but you don't need to watch the episode to understand the concept so uh, i don't know i don't know i'm not as bullish on like you don't well you don't need to watch it that is for sure yeah but I, i think i would still lightly recommend if you needed something to watch and you were curious sure sure <laughs> amazing friends is a very fun watch like no matter what like hands down just as long as you kind of know what you're getting into and like yes. you know the headspace you have to be in for it yes don't prioritize this episode don't prioritize the show i mean watch <laughs> it but but don't prioritize it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, now that we've ripped it to shreds, uh... yeah, I'm just like relitigating the existence of Amazing <laughs> Friends. I'm just saying you don't have to feel because I think that that's a that's a thing that yeah. steers people away from like watch through podcasts sometimes where it's just like, well, I have to have watched what they're talking about. No. But we go through this stuff with enough detail that you don't necessarily have to if you aren't really interested in watching it. Like that's yeah. fine. I think the hope is that if it's something we really like, then you might either, like, stop it and go back and watch it or decide to watch it, like, after yeah. the fact, even we, if you've heard us talk about it. We always call out stuff that we feel like you really should watch uh, yeah. for, like, full appreciation. This isn't this isn't one of them. This is yeah. very low-priority stuff. This yeah. is, like, completionist territory only. Yeah, definitely. So – At the Parker residence, Peter informs Aunt May that he, Bobby, and Angelica are taking a weekend getaway. Uh, I wonder what she thinks they're doing. (laughs) Because they say, they call it a house party. And I'm sorry, like, Daddy, I mean, it's, I guess it's cool that old, that old May, no. Old May. (laughs) That Aunt May is, like, this uh, chill enough. I just feel like most old people her age, especially how, like, doting and, like, overprotective she tends to be. Like, to hear, like, by my, my, like, teenage slash, like, early 20s nephew and his friends are going away to a house party for a weekend, like, that's a big red flag. Uh-huh. Like, 
Maybe she thinks they're just like having dinner parties and making aspects together. Oh, oh, she's so innocent. <laughs> I hope that's what she thinks. Doing so. some Either macrame. that or she's just like, yeah, man, I was too, I was like hanging out at my friend's house doing like heroin all the time when I was your age. So go for it, kids. If you, if Live you, your life. If you treat this Aunt May like the version of Aunt May that's trying really hard to get Peter laid, like we've, <laughs> we've talked about in various uh, other episodes then all of it makes perfect sense actually she's like yeah. very excited that peter's going to a house party for a whole weekend it's like oh angelica you're definitely going with peter right okay uh-huh. good uh-huh good P- oh and you know what hey bobby you're going too you know what that's fine too that's great as actually. long as it happens <laughs> yeah just want peter to figure it out so if you're both there he'll figure it out thank you <laughs> <laughs> the one wrench thrown into that is that she, like, makes them bring the obvious cock blocker in Miss Lion with them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. Miss Lion, yeah. ultimate cock yeah. block. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, uh, they talk to her, and they're just like, oh, you know, take care of Miss Lion. And Aunt May's like, I ain't taking care of her. I got I got my own plans with Miss Newton or whoever. Which, eh, actually, maybe she's getting laid, too. Good job, Aunt May. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you go, girl. Uh, yeah, she's like, no, I'm not doing it. You gotta take her along with you. It's your dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, so uh, it's decided that Miss Lion will also go to Wolf Island Mansion with them to their house party. Indeed. Well, the spider friends arrive at Wolf Island, which is surrounded by a lake. Not ominous or weird at all. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, there doesn't appear to be any sort of bridge anywhere because Iceman and Spider-Man are required to ice glide across the river while <laughs> Firestar flies, or not the, the river, the water, while Firestar flies. So I don't know how they were supposed to get there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, as Iceman is gliding across the water, uh, they run into quite literally Namor, Prince of Atlantis, who happens to be a total jerk, as we discussed earlier. He basically introduces his himself and his character uh, with this gem of a line. I was under the impression the gathering was for super beings, not super freaks. Dude, Namor fucking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> he really, that line right there is absolutely a high school mean girl bully. Like, okay, freaks. <laughs> Sold me on him immediately from that. Because he just bursts in. He's just like, I'm too good for this. Bye. Yes. Excuse me? Who are you? <laughs> right. Right. Ew. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's great. He's awesome. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. This might be one of the best character introductions we've talked about on so. this podcast. I, I think so. And he's very consistent, too. Oh, yes. They do get that right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, inside the spider... Oh, there it is. There it is. I knew I was going to type it at least once. There it is. I'm correcting it, even though I don't need to. You know, I, I was reading this like before you started saying it, and I, uh, I did not even notice that it says Super Friends. <laughs> they just run together so easily. Uh, I know why they did it, but it really was a curse upon all of us, uh, yep. you know, podcasting yep. about this show. All of us, you know, the many of us doing this. Yep. Anyway, the spider friends inside find that Doctor Strange, Captain America, and Shauna the Jungle Queen are present alongside their new BFF, Namor. I like that everybody's like, oh, whoa, Captain America, whoa, Doctor Strange. And then they get to, sh- to-, to Shauna and they're like, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> she has to introduce herself. Yeah, I really would love to know the the rationale for Shauna being here. I mean, I'm glad she is. She's like kind of almost the hero of this episode. Yeah. But I, I don't know <laughs> how she ended up 
being yeah. on this episode. Like, were they trying to make her happen at this mm, point in time? Maybe. maybe? I, I don't really know much about her. I don't feel like most anyone does. So it's... <laughs> it's strange because what you end up with is this really top-heavy cast, or at least top-heavy by modern standards. This is, again, we're podcasting in 2020, not 1981. So mm. it feels very top-heavy to have Captain America and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man alongside, like, Namor and Shauna. Yeah. And Namor, I think, was was bigger at the like he was bigger before. That makes sense. Yeah, so that makes sense for him. I think Shauna really is the kind of weird standout here. Also, I like that you're like top heavy. Like mm, some of them are top, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do think it's yeah. I do wonder like what the rationale was and what was kind of going on in with Marvel at the time. Because now that I'm thinking about it, in the very first episode of the show when they have the costume party. Was the girl that was, like, going after Peter that was dressed as, like, a jungle lady, was she dressed as Shauna and we just, like, didn't know it? Oh, I don't know. That's a really good question. It could have been the case that that's, that's who that was. Yeah. Which, you know. If they were trying to introduce Shauna content or push Shauna, then it would make perfect sense that she was here. I could also just understand it being, like, someone was a fan of Shauna. They they wanted to make sure that Firestar wasn't the only female character on screen because we know that those conversations were happening. Yeah, that's true. And so it was like, okay, who's our favorite and who can we get away with putting in the show? Not that there's any reason they couldn't use other folks, but this does seem like a pretty safe person to include, unlike Doctor Strange, which we'll get to. I don't understand. Oh, God. I understand that even less than Shauna, to be quite honest <laughs> the most useless character uh-huh. in this uh-huh. but anyway yeah 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 so i don't know why she's there but i'm actually pretty glad she's there because i, I, I think too. she's a fun character um and like i said she's almost the hero of this episode so yeah uh, yeah yeah so she's here well they're all there and they reveal that they haven't been greeted by a host even though they've been waiting an hour why why didn't they leave why <laughs> like no one you're not obligated to be here i don't they, they know really wanted to have, they really they really wanted to have this fucking party like i don't well and like why hadn't they started partying come on like yeah if your host yeah. isn't here just go for it yeah it's also i want to know i'm sorry i don't like this is it's it's way too nitpicky because it's just like the concepts, but it's also like what's the rationale? Like, why did Captain America be like, yes, I will go to this house party? Like, what? A, <laughs> and Doctor Strange, like, what about the two of them were attracted to the idea of going to a house party? Everyone else, like, okay. Spider Friends are all young. I get it. Shauna, I feel like she seems like she's a probably a good partier. She's cool. She's a jungle queen. I get that. And Namor was under the impression that it was, like, probably some highfalutin stroking his ego party. Dr. String and Captain America, like, don't seem like house party dudes to me. No idea. No idea why they're there. But I love this this line of thinking because for just a very quick moment, if we workshop this into a into a modern episode, I love the idea that that who we're basically targeting for this party are only either the teen superheroes or the like college age superheroes, like the ones who would be (laughs) sort of like easily tricked into like, this is a getaway for us. Like this is exciting, you know, like this will be fun. And I, I kind of love that sort of aspect of it. I don't know who they would have to get that invite from to be convinced that they are in fact going to some sort of like superhero party slash orgy, but like, Yeah, but I right. feel like that's sort of the line of thinking that would need to almost work. Because, like, okay, you would need people who 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 are thinking along those lines. Because you're not convincing Kamala Khan to go to this. She's like a dork. She's not going to believe right. it. She's going to be suspicious. You might be able to convince, like, I don't know, uh, 
trying to think of like who would be a good I don't know X-Men enough, but there's probably so many X-Men. Well, Bobby, you might be able to convince Bobby to be quite yeah. honest. <laughs> a lot of I think a lot of the a lot of the X-Men will be down for that. Yeah, and actually cuz they're already sort of in that environment and young and that they're the right age for that type of invite to be convincing from the right person. And now that I think about it, if the invites were catered a little bit more to the superheroes, Doctor Strange, if he was under the impression that it was just going to be a big magic orgy, he would go <laughs> to it actually. So yeah, yeah. You know, he, I can it, see that. Maybe maybe he was invited to some sort of, like, occult gathering. Yeah. You know? yeah. And Captain America was invited to, like, a game night? I... <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say with that first syllable. Like, maybe Bucky's there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. You know, actually, I guess there are multiple ways that they could have been convinced to go here, and we just aren't privy to them. So, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I will say, though, I I do like the idea, as silly as it is, like, logistically, I love the fact that they include the, we weren't greeted by a host and we've been waiting for an hour, because that's so, like, uh, spooky house party tropey. Like, it's it's exactly what you get from, and then there were none, or the haunting, or house on haunted hill, like, those types of things where it's like, everybody just gets this mysterious invitation and shows up. We all know it's stupid. Why would you go to that? It's idiotic. Sometimes they explain it with like inheritance or whatever. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't. But I do love that it kind of follows that structure. And I love that it's trying to be that episode, even though it doesn't do a great job nailing that because it still has to try to be a superhero episode too. Yeah. So I can at least appreciate that that detail of the trope is sort of right. That's a good point. I didn't really think of it from that angle, but you're right. It is like, if you wanted to do an homage to that type of story, to like an Agatha Christie story, mm-hmm. it is exactly, this is exactly the yeah. setup. So The problem okay. is you don't see superheroes in the setting that you see like dumb college kids on a horror movie where well, you're sure. like, don't go in the basement, you idiot. Like superheroes theoretically know not to. <laughs> I love the absurdity of, of putting superheroes in that position though. Yeah. I think if the episode was better and like sold that more throughout it after this, I would have been more on board with it. If it was willing to be that episode instead of a superhero episode. Like if it was really willing to go all in on that concept, I think it could have really killed. Yeah, which obviously Amazing Friends wasn't going to do. But I would love to see this concept remade in a modern show that's more willing to kind of bend its rules and stuff a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just as they reveal that nobody's greeted them and that they've been waiting for an hour, lightning (laughs) flashes. Because of course it does. And Chameleon's voice proclaims the superhero's doom. He says, I am not only your host, I am also your executioner. And this is a mystery voice to them. They don't know who this is or where it's coming from. It's just menacing and ominous. And they're all like, do a... <laughs> He's also a couple of things about this. Doctor Strange's cape is like flowing in this breeze that's suddenly inside of the house. Like no one else's like <laughs> hair or anything is moving. It's just like he, his cape is dramatically flowing as if there's like a big draft when Chameleon is talking just for added effects. Beautiful. <laughs> Which is great. And it's like right around here. It might be like a little bit after, but it's in this like major, major like scene that we're getting mm-hmm. is at one point – There's a shot where, like, you have Spider-Man and Firestar listening to Chameleon's voice booming over the speakers or whatever, and they're kind of framed by Bobby's crotch, which is, like, right in the the shot or right in the frame for a very, very long time. It's, like, one step away from being that stereotypical, like 
college comedy movie cover where it's just like legs and then like people underneath the legs. In this, they're the just legs. like yes. to the side of the legs. <laughs> yeah, but it's the exact same like setup for uh-huh. it. It's so weird. <laughs> it's very strange. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, if if we hadn't said it enough by now, this is where we get the very direct allusion to Agatha Christie's and then there were none because this is where Chameleon starts doing his version of the sev- the very the the problematically titled but believe it or not less problematically titled than the original title uh <laughs> yeah. seven little indians uh which is used as like a poem throughout the book and will be used as a poem throughout this episode so chameleon's first sort of stanza of this is seven little superheroes will vanish one by one seven little superheroes soon there will be none and this is something we're going to hear over and over throughout the episode. Yes. Yes, we will. So it begins this um, disappearance plot the chameleon has. Um, it begins when Namor is just like, fuck this, guys. I'm out. Um, <laughs> just like, a, just like a, a teen girl boss, mean girl queen would uh-huh. do. This party's lame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This party's lame. I'm out. He pretty much says as much. He's just like, I tire of this or whatever. <laughs> He just says, he just flies off, um, runs into an invisible what they call force screen. It's just a force field, guys. Yeah, that's not even consistent. They call it a force field later. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah whatever. It doesn't get matter. your shit straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he flies into that. Firestar attempts to use her powers against that when she sees that he crashed into it, but it doesn't work. So they realize that they are trapped at Wolf Mansion. Chameleon then with another like booming announcement uh, foreshadows. Or does he? Is, is this when he, he? Sometimes he says it to himself. Sometimes it's said to all the superheroes. I don't know which is which. This one they. This one they all hear. Okay, he, they do hear this one. It's like later in the episode where it's like, are you even saying this to anyone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it varies. Okay, so this one it's actually like on speakers and stuff around the whole island, so they all hear it. Um, he says, seven little superheroes in quite a fix. One will meet fire, and then there will be six. Now, I don't remember much from And Then There Were None. Coincidentally enough, uh, before my workplace, which is a library, uh, went into full shutdown, I grabbed that book to read, not oh, really? realizing that we were going to be covering this episode and that it was based on that. So I have That's it fun. like in the next room. Um, but when I read it for high school, it was a long time ago, and I, I don't even know how much of it I read. Is the poem as on the nose as Chameleon's is, where he's straight up telling them what's going to happen? Uh, you know more about than I do. I never, I never read it. Oh, school, okay, so. gotcha. I don't think I've ever actually read a single. No, I know I've read. I have read something of Agatha Christie, but I don't remember what it is. I definitely have never read this one though. Yeah, so I don't know. It's like it's funny to me that he. Uh, I, I kind of, I kind of like it that he literally will just say like, "Fire, guys, watch out." That's that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's never helpful because uh, they're kind of dumb and totally yeah. pay attention to him. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, but I, I do kind of like it. I don't know what it would be otherwise. Uh, so maybe this is just sort of like the natural place to go with it. But I, I, yeah. I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I do too. Um, oh, the other thing I do like, it doesn't take them very long to recognize the voice, actually. Spider-Man's like, I recognize the voice. Firestar being like the total queen that she is, mm-hmm. is the one who figures out like, yeah, it's the chameleon. But I do like that... They know that Chameleon has the power to shapeshift. So they very quickly come to the conclusion that, like, Chameleon could be any one of us. He could easily disguise himself as one of us. We don't know if we are all who we are. And they even figure out very quickly that, like, the voice 
that they're hearing isn't necessarily his. It could be a recording. So, like, he could be talking on the recording and then standing right in the room with them. Right. And I like that they put that together, like, immediately. Like, that's not – because they could have very easily just played that out through the entire episode and made it a reveal because they're, none of them are very smart. So I like that they're smart in this particular moment. It's also really clever to do that because in these types of stories – when there's no host, everybody says, well, wait, one of us could be the killer, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of playing on that. I mean, we know better because we see exactly where Chameleon is. We know what his powers are. But when you're turning this type of story into a superhero thing, they've kind of created that same type of paranoia out of a totally different circumstance, which I yeah. think is really, really clever on their part. It is. I wish uh, I wish this episode was better because it I is know. a really so many little pieces of it. There was such a really great like clever idea behind it. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's just restricted by the show that they're making. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, if a show was really willing to go in on it and be more experimental and 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 dig into the concept, I think you could have had a really really cool just like I don't know whatever I guess just like a concept episode <laughs> yeah yeah totally totally and I, I just the starting point was was so there like they were so on track in the first I guess single step <laughs> yeah I also make a fun like Halloween episode yes like yes episode. oh it'd be such a good 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 Halloween episode mm, man. so much fun because the holiday episodes you you almost never need to explain yourself so yeah. it's even it's like the perfect setting for something stupid like this yeah uh, I love it. I love it. It's great. Oh, man. I wish this was better. I could I just know. pretend. Just yep. pretend in the alternate episode that exists in my head. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't play on their paranoia, but theoretically, they're a little bit paranoid that, that Chameleon could be among them sabotaging them. Mm-hmm. Or attempting to sabotage them. So as a result, Namor, again, is just like, (laughs) fuck all y'all. This logic doesn't even make sense. It's just, it's purely Namor to be like, fuck you. I'm doing my own thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, hashtag, I'm out, bitches. Uh Uh-huh. He flies off again because he wants to search alone because he's better than everybody. And immediately walks into a trap. He goes. Goes into a room, sees a giant pool of water in a mansion that he knows is going to be booby-trapped in some way. That he's never been to. That he's never been to, and it's just like, I'll jump in the water to, like, reinvigorate my water powers, because water's great. Somehow doesn't smell that is a (laughs) giant pool pool full of alcohol. Just, like, I assume, like, rubbing alcohol. Uh Maybe it's even, like, vodka. I don't know. Either way, it's alcohol that he just jumps right into, which is kind of horrifying if you think about Uh it. Uh-huh. Like, what does that sensation feel like if you're just, like, immersed in, like, alcohol? Like, oh, God, that feels awful. It feels awful. Yeah. It feels absolutely awful. It's not meant to go everywhere that it can go. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. Oh, God, it's even worse. Oh, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He's somehow not just, like, screaming and writhing in, like, utter pain um, from this as he gets out of it. And yeah, it's no, just he's like, just a little dried out. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's drying me out. <laughs> and then Chameleon's like, in addition to this, I'm going to set the pool on fire. And Namor just, like, fades away in flames. And we uh-huh. assume he just died. Uh-huh. Yep. Cool. The, the entire room is on fire. See you later, Namor. <laughs> right, right. Also, they sometimes, in this scene, sometimes draw him with nipples. Most of the time they don't. But there's a couple of moments where he does have, like, little dot nipples. Aw, yeah, more teeny tiny nips. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside the castle, Spider-Man searches for Chameleon on the roof of the castle and falls through a trap door in the chimney. Not the first time Spider-Man will fall into a trap door that's not on the floor. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, Chameleon appears right after this happens, transforms into Spider-Man, and then using his own web shooters, thwips off. Yes. And we should say the way that to Chameleon transforms oh, yeah. in this show is interesting. This is going to be another, like, two-hour episode for this fucking episode. Eh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it picks up pretty quick. <laughs> That's true. The way the chameleon transforms is, like, in a puff of smoke. Uh-huh. And then it's just, like, takes a couple of seconds and he transforms instantly. So, I don't know. It's, like, it's magic technology or whatever. But basically transforms instantly within this puff of smoke. And then throughout his entire transformation, whenever we see him to, like, kind of signify who he is, we his eyes are perpetually, like, flashing when he's in disguise. There's just, like, a white flash in them. And there's, like, a reverberation in the voice as well. Except just like in at least one other chameleon we've covered, they do ignore that tell when it's convenient. True. <laughs> Very true. But most of the time, if his eyes are sparkling and there's reverb, you know that it's chameleon. <laughs> yeah, they're not consistent about it. <laughs> they're not consistent within the episode, but they're consistent within the cartoon portrayals of chameleon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exploring the castle grounds, Captain America and Iceman, you know, that classic pairing, find a, <laughs> find a speaker broadcasting a new rhyme. Six little superheroes trying to survive. One will step into quicksand, and then there will be five. The thing I like about the rhymes is that it it sort of serves almost like a Hunger Games canon, where if you heard a new rhyme, you've got the number of people that Chameleon believes are left. So mm. in theory, they should realize that one of their seven uh, has has been killed or captured or whatever. They never react to that, but I like that that's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I like that idea. So after they hear this, uh, Iceman realizes, wait a second, we're in the perfect environment to run into quicksand, of course, because there's a jungle outside the castle, and that's, <laughs> I guess, where quicksand is. But right as he's making this realization, he's captured by a snare trap and pulled, like, really far. <laughs> this yeah. is the longest snare trap I've ever seen in my whole life, and ends up uh, hanging upside down by his ankle in a tree. Uh, yes. You know, because Bobby's going to Bobby. Yep, as usual. So after that, Captain America, who was with them, uh, when he tries to save Iceman, he trips another booby trap, which sets off a barrage of, like, triangles. So I guess they're supposed to be spikes. Uh, made of maybe wood? Like, I don't even know. I, I don't know what wood they're supposed like to be. Clay or something? <laughs> yeah, the coloring is really weird on it. But yeah, that would just pretend it's projectile spikes. Uh-huh. Coming after Captain America, and he's just like, oh, oh, no, oh. Very cool, like, flips and spins and stuff, though. Yeah. Stuff I wouldn't expect from the show. At least that's within, true. like that's on true. the curve. On the curve. <laughs> that's true. Cool. He is he is he he's he's reasonably well animated actually. Yeah. An episode that isn't really him and, and Shauna are both are pretty well animated in this, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. But yeah, so the chameleon shows up still disguised as Spider-Man, and he appears and he's like, Hey Cap, you should uh jump in that pond. That'll say protect you from all the from the trap. <laughs> um and Captain America's like, good thinking. So he jumps in the pond, but it's actually quicksand yes yeah Iceman is able to free himself and offers to help uh but then chameleon slash spider-man is like oh let me help him and tries to send a web to cap's hand while cap is just like flailing in the quicksand like help help which is a really funny sight to see 
Captain America just like being completely powerless in quicksand sinking. It's really weird. He deserves it. He jumped immediately into a pond <laughs> at Spider-Man's suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a situation that like he himself acknowledged like chameleon could be anyone. Uh-huh. But yeah, and Spider-Man theoretically misses, which, you know, it's Chameleon, so he's, like, trying to miss, and Captain America sinks into the quicksand to his presumed death. Dead. Captain America, dead. Yes. (laughs) Well, before, quote, Spider-Man, really Chameleon, leaves the scene, Miss Lion appears and barks at him, which indicates to Firestar and Doctor Strange, who've just arrived, that the Spidey they're looking at, and who is now thwipping off, is not, in fact, the real Spider-Man. Again, Firestar, queen that she is, figures that out pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, Bobby's like, how? Wait, that wasn't Spider-Man, the guy who told Captain America to jump into quicksand? Yeah. Good job, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I would like for Firestar to let Peter know that Iceman thought that was him. Just so you know, Bobby thought that you told Captain America to jump into quicksand, and he believed it was you. Just hold on to that. Put it in your pocket. You're going to need it later. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And well, I was going to say, and he couldn't even hit Captain America with with his webbing to pull him out. But later on in the episode, the real Spider-Man also fucks that up. So actually, (laughs) that's actually a character. (laughs) Good point. Well, they follow Miss Lion hoping to find Chameleon, but instead... Because for some reason, no one understands Ms. Lion this episode. Like, they only understand her to, like... The, the first degree, but that's it. They never understand beyond that. So they follow her looking for Chameleon, but instead they find the real Spider-Man because that's where she was going. Um, and he's attempting to free himself from the chimney that he fell into through the trap door. Since Chameleon was just disguised as Spider-Man, they assume that it's Chameleon. So Iceman freezes him solid before Ms. Lion can indicate to them, no, 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 no. That's actually Spider-Man, Spider-Man, not Chameleon, Spider-Man. Yes. I also must direct your attention to the way that Firestar flies. And I don't know if this is just in this scene when they're flying off to find Chameleon or if this is how she always flies and I've never noticed it. But she is like the most bored in the air ever. (laughs) Both like bored out of her mind, but also just like a straight bored with like her hands at her side. Yeah. It's funny. I, it's very normally, weird. Normally, she does like Superman poses or That's is just what like, I kind thought. Of floating. At least she doesn't have her arm, arms like to her side like she has in the screen cap you pulled. Yeah, it's so weird. She just looks like uh, it reminds me of something and I can't think of what it is. What is um? there's some movie where somebody is like teleported through. Mm, gosh, I don't remember. Whatever. I'll, I'll think of it probably once we're done recording. But uh, it reminds me of something. It's very okay. funny. Very, very funny, know. everyone. It reminds me of something. Wow, cool. Good job. I love reference humor. We'll insert, <laughs> insert cutaway here. Perfect. Can't wait. You know what also re- reminds me of something? Stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Anyway, outside, Shauna searches for Chameleon in a uh, or from a small mountain peak. Chameleon pulls a lever, and for the first time, a superhero didn't just walk into a trap. Mm-hmm. She actually has no right to have expected this to happen. He pulls a lever, which makes the entire mountain peak crumble. Like, okay. This tosses Shada to her supposed death into a hole in the ground below. Hello, amazing friends. We'd just like to take a minute to give a special thank you to our spectacular and up patrons, Gemma Nicole and Katie. 
And if you are interested in becoming a patron, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. We have three different tiers that you can opt into, the first of which is our $1 tier where you get early access to episodes, a bunch of Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes such as our Spider Bite mini-episodes, you get to participate in our Walloping Word Snappers interactive improv game, and you get your own random villain alter ego. If you join us at our spectacular level at $5, you will get all previous rewards in addition to our monthly After Dark commentary episodes, a downloadable high-quality poster of our logo art, a personal on-air shout-out on each episode we record while you're a patron, and a Twitter shout-out and Twitter and Instagram follow once you become a patron. And if you really love what we're doing and you want to be a part of it, you can join our amazing tier at $30, where if you stick around at that amazing tier, you could guest on the episode. That's right. You could be on an episode of Walloping Web Snappers to talk about anything that you would like that is in the Spider-Man canon or mythos. So at the end of the day, it's you guys who lets us keep doing what we're doing. So thank you for that. No matter what level you're able to contribute, or if you're just an avid listener who's stopping by, trust us, your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts, thank you. Thanks. This is where the concept really starts falling apart for me. And upon a rewatch, I started getting really frustrated. Because you rightfully pointed out that she had no reason to be suspicious and no reason to think that anything was amiss. She didn't walk into anything. And there was also no stanza of the poem that preceded him attempting to kill her. Yeah. It's a thing that I'll get into a little bit more later because it it, it, it matters later. But just put a pin in the fact that Shauna just falls seemingly to her death, but there was no stanza, no warning, nothing. You're right. You're right. It's not consistent with what we were getting and what we're going to get. Yes. You're right. You're right. I didn't even think about that. It's very annoying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're going to structure your episode, structure it. Like, keep the structure. Be consistent about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as she's falling, she is screaming, which good, good yell, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Doctor Strange does, like, the one thing that he does in this entire episode, which is sensing that she's in danger uh, telepathically. So uh, he and the spider friends set off to help, uh, but he can't even really do that right because he doesn't realize he doesn't he's not able to telepathically detect that Shauna had already fallen into the earth um, and instead like finds Chameleon disguised as, as Shauna like hanging from a cliff yelling and is just like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's who I was detecting. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> it's you know, I know that I know that so much of our perception is colored by the fact that these characters are decades, decades old. So they've gone through so many different like iterations. I don't know enough about Doctor Strange, but it's so weird to see him in this episode being the most useless after we just saw him be the one superhero in like the Infinity Saga who might have almost defeated Thanos like single handedly. I like think, the only one who had Thanos really shook. I don't think the issue. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the issue in this is that like he was more underpowered in the comics at the time or anything. I think they literally got him in, but they didn't know how to use him because everything that he could do, his entire power set would be able to, like, yeah. undo or undermine their whole situation. Like, yeah. he was the wrong superhero to choose to be in this episode. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think just even in a vacuum, like, it doesn't make any sense to have him there. It doesn't make any sense that things are happening as they are with him there. It's just, like, such a starker sort of, like, yeah. uh, weirder head turn 
knowing just like anybody who's watched the movie, like only the movies would watch this and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, even if they didn't understand what his powers were, would be like, isn't this guy supposed to be good at shit? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can't even necessarily tell that he uses magic in this episode. No. It's like, oh, I guess he's telepathic and he can like, he has a device that can like disintegrate a jail cell later. Like, oh my (laughs) God. The jail cell is going to drive me nuts. It's so fucking infuriating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange shouldn't be in this episode. They should have just gotten somebody else. They should have just gotten, like, Bill from down the street, and it would have worked right. just fine. Right, right. Oh, God, he sucks so much in this. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they rescue Shauna. Spidey rescues her after she, after she supposedly falls. Uh, well, she does fall, but it's not Shana. Whatever, I fucked that up. Chameleon <laughs> disguises Shana falls and Spidey catches her. That's yes. all I was trying to say. Um, what, I, what I like is that Chameleon is very in character because after Spidey rescues her in his arms, she like gets off Whoa. and she like continues to kind of like caress his chest as she walks past him, mm-hmm. like very sensually. I think Chameleon just really wanted to touch Spidey's chest. Like he just really wanted a reason to do that. I feel like if you're, yeah, hmm, chameleon's sexuality is a question. Yeah. It's an interesting question. I think it's fair. I think it would have to be. Well, I think it's one of two things, right? It's either that chameleon is very like pan or omni and is just like into whomever. Yeah. Or chameleon is like like straight up asexual and as a result is able to always play the part without any sort of like like distraction or or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like either end of those things works perfectly (laughs) for Chameleon because I can't see Chameleon and I don't know. So I don't I I keep saying this about these characters, but there's so many characters in this that I'm just like not super deeply familiar with. Is Chameleon ever in like romantic relationships? Somebody let me know because I I don't want it to be the case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. He can fuck. That's fine. If he if he is in romantic relationships. No, no, because that's there's right? too, it's going to be inherently like a weird power imbalance like thing there. I think he can he can yeah he can fuck and he can be very kinky like that's a good dude to uh to to have as a sexual partner actually. But I feel like in a very sort of like this is terrible, but like in a very detached sort of distant way, right? Like I, I feel so. like it would it would be because I, I I'm thinking of it from like the espionage side of things. Although I don't know, maybe I'm doing a double standard thing here because like. Well, no, I don't think I am. I think I'm exactly on point. Like so many characters that are sort of like espionage characters use sexuality to their advantage, but it's actually, it's like pretty empty, right? Like as a tool and I could see Chameleon doing the same thing, but if he's actually, hmm, he's such a blank slate that it's like weird to think of him having like his own personality and relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, this theatrical chameleon, like, I could see him being in a big gay relationship. It's oh, like, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> With his entire theater troupe. How is this not a Mysterio episode? Actually, yeah. Like, honestly, like if I, I feel like if you were to do this episode now, it, it would it should be Mysterio. It would. Yeah, it would work way better. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I don't know. Weird. Wow, I'm kind of bummed out we did, we were robbed of a mysterious episode then, actually. <laughs> so many weird things about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, Chameleon well, questions, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, huh, but yeah, so Chameleon's very in character one way or another. 
Mm-hmm. But even despite that, Miss Lyon has her super sniffer. So she's uh, she she can tell that it's chameleon because she starts barking. And that cues the, the super uh, – the, the, I'm doing it again. Well, they're not even the spider friends. It's all of them. It's all the superheroes. She cues the superheroes into uh, to realizing that it's chameleon. So chameleon still uh, in disguise as Shauna like escapes into a cave. Although she does so by like – she gets to the cave and then just like casually walks to like a hiding spot. <laughs> yeah, I think she manages to like gain a slight distance advantage by almost trapdooring Ms. Lion. And so while they're like while they're busy like worrying about Ms. Lion, she like runs off and then like casually strolls into the cave. <laughs> There's a few points in this episode though where people like casually walk off screen and during a time when like you could use a little more haste there, dude. Like yeah. there's a few times where that happens. Yeah, that's true. Yep. No one's no one's really uh taking anything as seriously in pace as they should. <laughs> it's the polar opposite of the 90s show when everyone just runs, like sprints away whenever anything happens. I know. Ugh, yeah, yeah. Needs more running away. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, okay, this, this infuriates me. I don't like Ms. Lyon very much, but this infuriates me because Chameleon, disguised as Shauna, runs into the cave. She immediately turns into uh, sort of like, I don't know, some side little nook that she can put like a door over to hide herself. And then Firestar flies ahead into the cave, like ahead of her friends, looks around and is like, okay, I'll go down this one. So after Firestar flies off into her sort of like little cave thing where she's like, I'm going to go this way. Chameleon pops out of his little hidey hole. Uh, as Shauna and then transforms into Firestar and then flies off in the other direction, right? So then Doctor Strange, the remaining spider friends, which I think is actually just Doctor Strange, Iceman, and Spider-Man, they arrive at the cave. They don't see anyone, but they have Ms. Lion, who has been guiding them properly this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Ms. Lion barks at a path. It's the path where the real Firestar went. Doesn't matter what Ms. Lion is indicating, if Ms. Lion is barking in a particular direction after everything she's done for you, just follow the damn dog. Inexplicably, with no no rationale whatsoever that I can discern, Iceman is like, no, Ms. Lion, it's this way. And the group's like, yeah, it's that way. <laughs> what? Why? Why is it that way? Why is it that way? No one can tell me why it's that way. The rationale is that <sighs> Bobby is a fucking idiot. True. And for some reason, no one realizes that. So they listen to him. That is sort of like a really important aspect of the show is that Bobby's an idiot and no one seems to realize it. Yep. That's true. Yep. That's a good point. (sighs) But it is so annoying to me. Ms. Lyon is so confused, too. She's like, what the fuck, guys? I'm telling you where to go. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) I want to know. I wish... uh... I wouldn't have the patience to go back and do this, but I want to know like what episodes we say fuck in the most, because this is definitely on the top of the list. And yeah. I did not expect that to happen. Oh, no, I think this is number one by far. And I've, I've never <laughs> counted, but I think confidently this has to be number one. <laughs> so right after they ignore Ms. Lion for no reason, they get another message. This says five little superheroes want to know the score. One will run into herself and then there will be four. Okay. 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 New rhyme. Whatever. Theoretically, somebody was just taken out. Uh, sure. I believe we just saw Shauna was taken out, even yeah. though there was no no explanation. And then 
I, I guess that would be five. Okay, just remember that. <laughs> yeah. So uh... Doctor Strange and company run in the complete opposite direction, as we said, to find Firestar. They're looking specifically for Firestar. Meanwhile, Firestar runs into the chameleon, who is imitating her, and upon landing to confront him, is immediately blasted with cold air through another trapdoor in the floor, <laughs> and she falls to her apparent doom in a freezer chamber below. So Firestar <sighs> is now out of commission and freezing off somewhere, right? So, yes. So that's a thing. This is... <sighs> I'm going to try to contain my volume and not scream into the microphone. Outside to near where Shauna fell, Shauna reveals she's still alive. Awesome. Cool. Shauna, almost the hero of this episode. Mm -hmm. She pushes a boulder off of herself and she's like, wow, lucky I jumped off or I would have been crushed for sure. (laughs) What did she jump off of? She just fell off. What was she being crushed by? What was crumbling? What are you talking about? She fell off a mountain into a hole, right? Okay, so I'm thinking (sighs) there must be, there must be. Something that was rewritten, like, after things were filmed, maybe? I'm not really sure. Or there's, like, something was redone. Can't really put my finger on it because so much of this episode is weird. So, so weird. Yeah, it doesn't It gets even weirder. (laughs) Because after Shauna reveals she's alive, we go back into the cave system. We see Chameleon, who's disguised as Firestar, plot whatever his next move is going to be. We see, like him use some sort of control panel go through a door whatever blah 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 he's coming back from fucking over the real firestar right so then he meets back up as firestar with doctor strange iceman and spider-man they receive another rhyme then which should line up because it's about four little superheroes we see four superheroes right in front of us so four little superheroes scared as can be a demon will devour one and then there will be three just then the demon appears And so does Shauna, who we've seen is alive. Mm -hmm. Firestar, who we know is Chameleon, is surprised that Shauna is alive. Which means he did, in fact, try to kill her, but just never had a rhyme for her. But the math times out to be exactly what he's saying it is, which is three superheroes plus him? So shouldn't it be three superheroes? Except it can't be, because he's there. So it's all fucked up anyway, and it's not following any sort of rules because he would have had to anticipate that he was supposed to be Firestar when he did the four-person rhyme, but he changed his plans to go after Firestar, which we didn't even mention, because everything was going to get fucked up. So none of these rhymes make any sense. They don't line up with any of his plans because there should have only been three superheroes at this point. (laughs) Which is evidenced by the fact that he's surprised that Shauna is alive and he's there. So there's five of them. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) <laughs> it's driving me absolutely mad well here's the other wrinkle is that they're they were also all pre-recorded because he's with them like and it's just playing right. over the recording so like right. when what and, and if he is acknowledging that he changes his plan shouldn't these recordings like not even line up anymore like it, i don't because here's the thing even if even if it lined up in the sense that he changed his plans to go after firestar it either wouldn't line up because it should be four, right? Because he didn't have one for Shauna. Or he planned for her to be there, but then what What was he supposed to be doing at this point? And why would he not have one for Shauna in the first place? Like, it doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I love the rhyme, but it absolutely rips this episode apart. <laughs> because they don't line up with anything that he's doing after the Shauna thing. 
which is so frustrating because it's such an obvious, like easy structure to have yeah. to go by and to write around. Right. And, <laughs> like, because in theory, is... this should have been Dr. Strange's, which would have made them four. But then what would have happened with Shauna? Like there still would be something missing. So where did it go? I don't don't like it. It only times up because he changed his plans, but they're pre-recorded messages, so he couldn't have anticipated changing his plans. And then it all ends up being fine anyway because Sean is still alive. So by the time he gets to the next one, which is three, there are in fact three superheroes. But who is the third one supposed to be? Firestar? Why is this so messy? You had your perfect... (laughs) It didn't have to be that complicated. You had your perfect little structure to go by. I know! Don't have him change his plans. Just go through the steps. It's an homage. Just do it. (laughs) I know. This is why I said the more I watched it, the more maddening it got. Because then I was like, wait a second. Okay, so if this is four and he didn't have... Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what was his original plan? And it's impossible. It's impossible to figure out because the rhyme doesn't make sense. (laughs) This is how messy this episode is. So... Doug color-coded the show notes, first of all, which is fucking awesome. I color-coded like, to them line when up... I realized that something was missing. Right. To, like, line up the poems with the characters that the poems are referring to at any given time, which is great. Because the poem calls out what's going to happen to specific characters. Yeah. But even with these, the color coding, it's we've still like messed up. Had to like re-record paragraphs like three different times at certain points while going oh through gosh. this because it's so confusing. Even after organizing this to the best of your ability, <laughs> we've still had to like go back and then rewrite and then realize, wait, no, we had it right the first time. Never mind, go back and then still don't really understand, honestly understand what we're talking about. And it doesn't make sense anyway. And it should have been so simple because it's an homage. Why is it so complicated? It's an om- it's the whole episode is a reference. Why complicate it? Why change it? Just let it be a reference. Why does the show keep breaking my brain every time? <laughs> I don't understand. It's so it's not a comp- it's a simple show. <laughs> is it us or is it them? <laughs> I mean, it's our it's our particular like brains and perspectives and like way that we think and talk about things <laughs> that does not line up. This show is like a whole other like universe. Like this this is like toxic to to our to our well being in some cases. I this think this show is what I get high on and always have a bad trip with a hundred percent of the time. And it's like I expect this with the '60s Spider Man show, but like. It's trippy in like a totally different way. Like this in an show is unintentional way. Oh, the '60s this... show is intentionally trippy. Yeah, this is unintentionally trippy. This just fucks with us. Yeah, yeah. It's like because they think it's like the guise of making sense sometimes if you're just taking it in. <laughs> it's just like so you, close. You think about it for a second, and that's what's insanity-inducing. It's because it's always teetering on the edge of like making sense or like sanity in general, and then it's like, but but it's never quite there. Mm-hmm. It's like you're so close, but you almost got. It. You're, you're you're there. You're almost there. Come on, just 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 do a little better. Just like do a little better. Right? Because it could just be. It could just be an absolute clusterfuck, and we just say like, oh, that was a clusterfuck. Right. But you're right. This is always so close that it's like, is it a clusterfuck? Yeah. Or is it not a clusterfuck? Like I, am I just not? Am I just not smart enough to? Is this just on <laughs> like the highest fucking level, like plane of existence? I'm just not. I just can't get there. Like, am I actually a really uh, dumb human being and just can't get it? Like, is that all it is? Is it me? I don't know. People I don't know. who understand this show fully have reached nirvana. 
I guess so. I guess so. And we simply can't reach that plane. I guess so. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I guess we just, I guess the only thing we can do is move forward <laughs> pretending that everything they did makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Doctor Strange still is useless as hell. Yeah. I mean, we in that whole thing, we didn't even mention that like the demon appears and it just like eats Doctor Strange. He doesn't put up a fight. He doesn't do it's anything. It's a robot demon, you should say. It's not it's even a real like, demon, which yeah. I guess would have put up a fight. Like, but no, it's just a robot that should should not have done anything to him. <laughs> yep. Just eats <sighs> him. It eats him. So Doctor Strange is inside a robot stomach. Cool. Cool. I mean, hot, I guess, for some people, but <laughs> probably, probably doesn't like it. Uh... <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Spider-Man's like, hey, oh, before, I guess before Doctor Strange actually gets eaten, he's holding Doctor, the robot demons, holding Doctor Strange for a second, which again, Doctor Strange could have done something while he's being held, but he's holding Doctor Strange for a second before he actually eats him. Spider-Man instructs Firestar to blast the demon. But uh, she, because she's chameleon, is like, uh, 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 no, no, I don't want to hit Doctor Strange by accident. And so the demon eats him and leaves. By the way, this is what I was referencing when I said that chameleon is not given away in this. For ease of explaining this episode, we clarified that this is chameleon, but like, they don't do that. Oh, it's, you're right. If you yeah. track it, you can figure out that it's chameleon, but they don't do the glitter eye thing. And they don't do reverb, so it's like they're trying to trick you, even though we just saw that Firestar was, like, in a freezer chamber somewhere. I, I don't understand <laughs> the point, but whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They don't know it's it's Chameleon. In theory, maybe we're not supposed to know, even though we should know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Sorry. Like, what? <laughs> it, it, this episode only makes sense if they're hoping that no one is paying any attention. Yeah. They should have made it obvious that this was Chameleon. Because, yeah, yeah. Because we should know that it's chameleon. Right. So just give the sparkle. Whatever. Right. It does yeah. So basically Deep breath ducks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode where we learn how to meditate. <laughs> this is the multiverse of madness right here. And it's not even Doctor Strange. He's not even the one doing it. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah. she doesn't blast the, the demon. Yeah, that's how Spider-Man figures out that that must be Chameleon because Firestar could easily make the hit that she was claiming she wouldn't be able to make. So Chameleon doesn't even like try to like defend this. He's just like, well, okay, haha, yeah, I'm, I'm Chameleon Evil, and he saunters off. Yeah. And... This is where we would have in the 90s show gotten the ha-ha-ha runs away. But in fact, yeah. <laughs> I think this is like you were saying, he just like walks off screen. Yeah, it's a casual <laughs> walking off screen. They cut to like him running a little in a second, but for a second, he literally just casually walks oh, yeah. off. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man, Iceman, and Shauna chase the Chameleon, and then he delivers his next rhyme, which is... Three little superheroes racing to pursue, but one will fall right off the bridge, and then there will be two. This leads to the three chasing the chameleon across a bridge, a stone bridge to be exact, because they're in a cave. Mm -hmm. And then he creates a tremor, and Shauna falls off of this bridge. I should say that it's uh, it's it's uh, it's quite a long time as the bridge is crumbling that she's there, um, not able to like make the jump. I guess mm-hmm. Spider Man tries to web her. The web strand just is like overlaid over her character model, so we're to presume that it's like right by her. She doesn't try to grab it. Spider Man apparently just like missed her body completely. It holds for way too long, and then she falls off. Uh, so good job, Spidey. Yep. <laughs> 
Fuck yeah. that up. And she doesn't just fall off of the bridge. She falls into a pit of lava. So I know I said that we were going to move forward pretending that everything makes sense <laughs> and that they not. tried. Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers. But can I break your brain a little bit more? Can I break your brain just a little bit more? At the beginning of this episode, when Chameleon is telling us all his plans and he has his little figurines, he drops the Shauna figurine into a small pool of lava, which would imply that he always planned to drop her into the lava, which means killing her in a hole never was the plan and pointless to begin with, which should explain everything, but actually explains nothing because he was surprised that she was alive. Yes. Yes. So his the, his little <laughs> opening thing with the with the little with little toy versions of the uh, superheroes doesn't really line up anyway because the no. stuff that he did to them like actually it's almost like you said yeah almost just like like this is the one this is where he gets close so it's like almost because you're like oh that's a reference that makes sense she fell into lava and he said she he was gonna put her in lava then you think about it and you're like nope that doesn't make any sense. And then you think about all the other ones, and you're like, he didn't actually do anything to the spider friends like he said he was going to. <sighs> yep. Yep. <sighs> yep. All right. <sighs> well, having lost the trail of the chameleon, Iceman and Spider-Man attempt to break through the force field, which is what they call it this time, around the castle once again. They spend no time grieving Shauna, who just fell into a pool of lava. But I guess they haven't been grieving anybody this whole time. So It's true. It's true. They're trying to break through the force field, and they hear their next stanza. Two little superheroes out in the sun. The Iceman will be melted, and then there will be one. So while Iceman is gliding towards the force field, Chameleon blasts him with a ray that just, like, pops out of one of the castle towers and, I guess, nullifies Iceman's power. So he can't save himself with ice. Uh, or do any sort of ice stuff. And then that ray turns into a tractor beam and pulls him into that same castle tower that the ray came out of. Mm-hmm. Then we get some saw shit. Yes, yes. I should say we cut to inside of the tower. Iceman wakes up and he says to himself, I know this is a cliche, but where am I? <laughs> My favorite cliche. Yeah. Wondering where you are when you've been kidnapped. <laughs> in a show that's like full of cliches which is fine like it's it's that's the kind of show that's the one that you're gonna call out you know it's weird though because this this episode really really relies on bobby to deliver the one-liners and it never really makes any sense (laughs) nope (laughs) never never makes any sense there's one later (laughs) that i'm just gonna say now because it doesn't make sense in the moment where he like says i feel like a baked alaska and i was like i think that was supposed to be funny But I'm not laughing because <laughs> I'm so infuriated. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, yeah. So he's he's captured into this tower. Um, like you said, it's revealed that he's in a cell. But then it's revealed that he's in a cell next to Firestar. Guess what? She's still alive. So not just like saved herself like Shauna. Like, oh, okay. There's more to this. She was not killed in a freezer, which we could have expected this whole time, to be honest. But, um <laughs> So they're in cells next to each other. I say it's like some saw shit because what happens in their adjacent cells is that Firestar says, oh, I'm beginning to get my powers back. So she starts to like use her fire powers and sort of like manifest her powers back. 
Chameleon then tricks Firestar and Iceman, again, adjacent cells, into basically like flexing their powers against each other in adjacent cells so that they'll destroy each other without knowing it. So like (laughs) Firestar is like, oh no, my cell's getting colder. It must be Chameleon. I must get hotter. While next to her, Iceman's like, oh no, my cell's getting hotter. It must be Chameleon. I must get colder. Which is really messed up when you think it about is. it. Because we've, we've, it's been established that their powers are dangerous to one another. Mm-hmm. I like that that detail actually carries through over multiple episodes. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's very fucked up. It is. Chameleon's like, I'll just put you next to each other and you'll end up killing each other. <laughs> I like it though. I mean, I don't, it's, I guess it doesn't really fit in with like the Agatha Christie homage. No. I'm pretty sure that doesn't get like saw shit in her books, but. Yeah. Everything's falling apart at this point. <laughs> yeah. But like, if you're not going to go in that direction, I, I actually kind of like this direction in a way. It is very, yeah. uh, it's a creative like torture scenario. Yeah. It's super messed up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't work, though, because what Chameleon doesn't anticipate is that if they're both flexing their powers in cells next to each other, where there is a water pipe, <laughs> those powers are bound to affect that water pipe. And so a water pipe bursts above Firestar's cell. And it's the most powerful water pipe of all time, by the way, <laughs> because it breaks down her ceiling and breaks down Iceman's walls, uh, which which opens up their cells to the horror that they have been <laughs> basically killing each other. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> of course, when Iceman sees what he's done, he attempts to save Firestar from being frozen solid by the uh, by the water above. Uh, but when he tries to do that, Chameleon traps him in a cage of fire. Of course. Friggin' Cage of Fire, which we've seen on the show before, haven't we? Didn't Craven do that? Yes, I think Craven did that. Yep. Yeah. So with only one superhero left to kill, Chameleon delivers his final rhyme. Um, He also says at one point, Spider-Man, which was really funny. (laughs) Spider-Man. So here's his last rhyme. One little superhero eaten to the bone, leaving me the super, super villain all by myself, all alone. So what this manifests in is Spider-Man entering the castle and trying to be stealthy by climbing on the wall, but falling through a trap door that has been placed on the wall. <laughs> yes. Of course. Good of job. Of course. Spider-Sense is tingling, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, yeah. So he falls through that trap door into the, um, into like the web of a giant spider and he comes face to face with the giant spider who theoretically made that web um but it is a robot spider uh which leads spidey to realize that the web he's trapped in actually isn't a web it's actually just electrical wire so he's just very easily is able to just snap one of the wires and electrocute the robot spider blowing it up so that wasn't that hard (laughs) yeah for like the finale of like the you know these elaborate traps you would think like again if if and we're assuming if he planned all this out as is he's saving like spider-man for last Mm -hmm. i think that would mean he's anticipating spidey to be more difficult to capture but i don't know i've never really thought about that he might have just left spidey for last just because he's like his main nemesis maybe i think that's what the writers did (laughs) yeah I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> simply like logic in it. Yeah. And it, like none of this matters anyway, because he was just going to blow them all up regardless. So, like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Get to it. 
that that that's wild. That's wild to me. Yeah. So after Spidey blows it up, he very quickly finds all the superheroes who he thought died horrible deaths and mm-hmm. who on the screen very clearly looked like they died by yep. things like like drowning in quicksand, falling into lava, like things like being eaten, things that, you know, looked very death-like. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they're all alive somehow. I don't know how that worked, but uh, <laughs> they didn't die. They're alive. <laughs> They're all uh, captive. So Iceman's in a cage of fire. Namor is under a heat lamp. Firestar is still frozen solid. And Captain America, Doctor Strange, and Shauna are just in a cage. Sure looks like just a cage. Yep, yep, yep. Wow, it would be cool if we had, like, a master of the occult arts here that could, like, perform a spell to, like bend the bars or something but uh too bad that he's not here oh wait huh weird well hang on to that because <laughs> i think they might have addressed it in the dumbest way possible that doesn't count into addressing it <laughs> i know i know there's no excuse it's stupid it's just a cage <laughs> yeah this episode really does take like a hard turn into like kind of terrible like the first half i know it starts off so good yeah first Uh, half fun i know and then it's just like hard turn into just like falling maddening falling apart truly maddening in 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 a way that only frump has managed to really come close to yeah but frump wasn't maddening it's a different kind of maddening it wasn't maddening from like tremendously bad writing though like that was maddening because it was like cosmic horror like this is maddening because like all of the pieces are just it's not even it's not even it's not just that the pieces like don't fit it's that the pieces are like ramming against each other and like whittling each other down and then fall and then just like breaking and like cutting your hands and now your hands are bloody and you don't know what to do with your bloody painful hands and you are just about to like perform (laughs) perform like with your band on stage and now you can't play your guitar in front of the in front of the music the the music agent that was going to give you a record deal and now you've your life has just been ruined and you can't live your dreams anymore what just happened (laughs) i think you nailed it yep i think you got it So, okay, like you you alluded to, Chameleon activates a self-destruct sequence for the entire castle, which does make it appear as though he planned to capture them solely to blow them up, which he could have done just by getting them there, whatever. So he sets this self-destruct sequence and dips out, which leaves Spider-Man alone to save his friends before the explosion, which is really unwise because I do believe that he was watching Spider-Man escape. Whatever. Spidey quickly redirects the heat lamp that's on Namor to Firestar, which melts her out of the ice block, which turns into a wave of water that revitalizes Namor and puts out Iceman's fire cage. Cool little mousetrap sequence of events. Whatever. Yeah. So Namor, being angsty... Uh, (laughs) says he has a score to settle, so he punches a console, just destroys some sort of computer console that no one one was paying attention to, but just annihilates it into oblivion. (laughs) Doctor Strange then replies in his cage, that's all the help I needed, and then uses magic to free himself, Shauna, and Captain America from the cage, which implies that the cage... Somehow was dampening his magic, I guess? And destroying the console turned it off? What? 
because then he just makes the cage vanish with his with his uh, uh I don't know what it, the necklace thing that he has that, that, whatever, his magic his magic he has fucking magic and he makes it disappear <laughs> and I don't like that's the only that's the second. Only the second thing that he does in this entire episode, and in both cases, it was it's like fucked up by something stupid. First case, he uses a telepathy and finds the wrong person. In this case, he uses his magic to make the cage disappear. For and why he couldn't do that before, I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. Because why? maybe, maybe, maybe that console mattered. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. We have to fill that blank in entirely. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. Uh... <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to get to Tom. I want to be done with this. Outside, Chameleon <laughs> deactivates his force field so he can escape the island via the helicopter and let everyone else blow up. Doesn't realize that they've all escaped, I guess. However, the superheroes are not far behind um, because Doctor Strange... Oh, okay, I stand corrected. He does do one thing that actually like works and is helpful he phases all of them through the roof cool dr strange did one thing good job buddy you know what they could have done all they would have needed is him to have one line once they arrived saying that his magic wasn't working or have him try to do one thing and say that his magic wasn't working yeah and then one other line that explains that that console wasn't just dampening his magic in the cage but dampening his magic on the whole island well, remember, remember, Chameleon says over the loudspeaker, he says, like, when he's introducing all the superheroes, he says, like, Doctor Strange, your cult powers won't work here or something like that. Oh, my like, God. Well, it was so close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then it's like, but he still is using his powers. He's just using them badly. So, like, what? So uh, it was almost there. It was almost there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Maybe the maybe the real power of this episode is that it was meant to drive people insane and it's succeeding. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's the only way the episode would get an A plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so yeah, he he phases them to the roof so that they can they can pursue Chameleon, um, and Spider Man is able to web sling himself into the escaping helicopter. Iceman then uses his powers to freeze the helicopter in place. Cool. Spidey then webs Chameleon in the chopper and calls out to the remaining superheroes his own little rhyme seven little superheroes get together gang swing on my spider line because there's gonna be a bang cool <laughs> the heroes that can fly fly and those that can't grab onto the spider web and they all make their way to the helicopter where yeah. firestar melts Iceman's ice freeing the helicopter to mm-hmm. fly away with chameleon webbed up and everybody safe and sound yes Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> With exactly 10 seconds left before the entire island explodes, Firestar is like, oh, shit, I brought my dog here with me. <laughs> Where's she been? <laughs> where has she been? Yeah, yeah, no, legitimately, where did she go? We, I, yes. She hasn't been seen for like the past four minutes. <laughs> yes. She's just running out of the building being like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. My The people that I love have abandoned me. I'm going to die here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we legitimately haven't seen her since the robot demon. 
Right, because she was so important to the plot because she was like the – see, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> there was a reason to get rid of her because Chameleon would knows that she has her, like, super sniffing ability to, like, detect him and whatever. So uh-huh. he should have been like, I'm going to get her out of the picture so they can't find me anymore. But he doesn't. She just stops showing up. Yeah, yeah. It just was so easy. It takes was almost a walk. there. It was almost her. <laughs> so many times it was almost there. <laughs> yeah. So Spider-Man is like, okay, I'll shoot a web and maybe this time I won't actually miss uh, like he's been doing every other time. Um, he is able to get her and they fly off uh, with uh, with Miss Lion hanging on the web as the castle and I guess entire island explodes. And the episode ends with Spider-Man praising Miss Lion as the eighth little superhero. Sure. Sure. <sighs> yeah. It sure. happened. Sure. That episode happened. We lost our minds. We said the word fuck approximately 87 times. If this is like your first episode of the show, I'm so deeply sorry. I can't. If this is your first episode of the show, why are you starting in the middle of Amazing Friends when we have two seasons of of the 90s show and a season of Spectacular under our belts? I mean, you know, this would be like, I'm just going to try out the Spider-Man podcast. This is the most recent one. I'll just see what they're doing now. Mm, Sorry, guys. Yeah, we really set ourselves up because either someone listened to this episode as their first and they're like, this isn't for me and never listens again. Or they listen to this episode and they're like, this is exactly my brand. And then hear us not say the word fuck 87 times. And they're like, oh, I guess this isn't for me. <laughs> uh, Look, we've all been quarantined for a while. <laughs> everybody, everybody's a little, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, uh, uh, little screws are a little loose on everybody. Uh, true. These days, I think. So true. So true. Well, we're closing this up. We got a couple faces of the episode, and then we can we can bid this episode adieu forever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the first one, of course, Namor is going to appear in our faces of the episode, but it's not bitchy Namor. It's not Mean Girl Namor. No, it is the one time Namor smiles, and that is when he sees a mysterious pool of water. So I must advise all of you, please. <laughs> Find someone who looks at you the way that Namor looks at a strange pool of water. (laughs) It's the only joy he's ever felt. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, Another face. This is so good. It's Captain America shushing Bobby, uh, which, you know, Bobby generally should be shushed in all scenarios anyway. True. But the thing is, he's shushing him while Chameleon... His his poems and proclamations are booming over these loudspeakers that they can hear over the entire island. And I will remind you that in this moment, there's a speaker right next to them. <laughs> they can see it. They're looking at it. <laughs> it's like going to a rock concert and being like, "Be quiet! I want to hear the I want to hear the band play." They're playing really hard. Don't you see that their 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 hands are bleeding? They must have been doing a really hard puzzle <laughs> earlier. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. We're done. We're done. We're done. If yeah, if you if you need something after listening to this episode to bring you back to reality and some semblance of sanity, please, we have that content. This episode, not it. Most of our other episodes are it and you can find those episodes on our main feed and you can find extra episodes on our patreon at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers it's so nice over there we have our minds mostly intact 
they're not being assaulted by whatever this was that we just did. <laughs> well, except when we're talking about James Cameron's Spider-Man movie Except when we're talking about James Cameron and a little bit when we experience the surreal horror that is, is Frump. Yes. But most of the time, our minds are intact. Yeah. Check it out on time. Patreon. It might be for you. Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. Otherwise, where can we find you? Doug. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y B-O-O-L-E-Y uh, talking about whatever I'm watching or playing. Uh, probably, hopefully still playing Animal Crossing by the time this episode drops, because that game is huge. Um, if you are into Pokemon or Pokemon related things, you can find me on another show here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you are doing? You can find me steadily losing my mind over on Twitter at Derek B. Gale, D-E-R-E-K-B-G-A-Y-L-E. You can also find me on YouTube with my video essay series called Second Chance that looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens. If you would like to find Walloping Web Snappers on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle at WallopingWebPod. It's also where we post our faces of the episode as well as other goodies. You can also email us at WallopingWebSnappersPodcast at gmail.com. And we would love it, love it, love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. But Apple Podcasts especially helps people find us. Next week, we are still hanging out with Spider Friends in a episode that I don't think will make us lose our minds as bad as this one did. I Couldn't hope- possibly. It couldn't possibly. No, it, it won't. It's in the uh, very, actually, I think it's a very popular episode where they face a deadly arcade game in Video Man. See you there. See ya. Heard that one. Holy shit. Oh, it's not even here yet. (laughs) Cool. It's Eddie Brock on his motorcycle. Oh, yep. Yep.